All the best to you and yours this holiday season as we welcome you to the latest installment of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington. Today we're joined by Wizards guard Howell Neto. Neto's been a major contributor to the Wizards bench so far this season. We talk about how a kid from Brazil said no thanks to soccer and embraced a passion for basketball. Let's just say his dad had a lot to do with that decision. And we talk off-the-court matters from cooking to sneaker designs. And just a reminder, make sure you relay to your friends and family to download the Off the Bench podcast wherever they get their podcast and leave a comment. It's time now to run the floor with Howell Neto on this edition of the Off the Bench podcast. Capital One Arena is partnering with Clear to help Wizards fans get into home games faster for free. Beat the crowds on game day and enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. Download the free Clear app and get started today by selecting Wizards. When you arrive, you'll take a quick picture at the Clear Pod to confirm you are you and then walk right in. Download the free Clear app today to get started. I guess I want to start at the beginning of your basketball journey. Do you remember the first time you picked up a basketball? Who gave it to you, and what did you think of the sport? Uh, you know, my dad played basketball, so uh, I think my first memories were always involving basketball. Uh, um, but it was probably home. We had those plastic hoops that every kid nowadays have it, and uh, just like a normal basketball. Um, and that's how it started. That's how I. Uh, got introduced to basketball and also watching my dad play and just cheering for him since uh, since I was three or four. Um, there's actually a picture of me when I was probably that age, like shooting a basketball and like like having this the, the right movement. So you had to follow through and everything? I had to follow through and everything. <laughs> and like that's the picture my mom and dad always show everybody. He was like, see, he knew it. Like he was a basketball player since he was a kid. So started pretty pretty young. So I got to get that photo, by the way. Yeah, I have to see yeah, that. Yeah, I'll tell my mom. Do you remember watching your dad play? And like, like, what did, what were some of your fondest memories of seeing like him compete? Yeah, I remember most towards the end of his career because that's when I was probably like ten, eleven. That those are the memories I have. He was thirty six. He played until he was forty, so he was like thirty six, thirty seven, end of his career. But the the thing I remember about him it was just. How hard he play, you know, and uh, always making the right play. Sometimes um, I, he had a pretty good shot, so I used to tell him to shoot more. But he was so unselfish and like trying to make the right play that he would just pass out some shots for a better like open shot. So, uh, but I stick to to how hard he worked and how hard he play. Uh, that's what I got from 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 his uh, playing. And that's one of the things that he only like told me about it. He never really taught me how to shoot the ball or how to pass, but he always t- told me like work hard, you know, believe and just you know make the right play, respect your teammates. Those are the things that I got it from him. So if I'm watching you, and the one thing I kind of take away, you know, the two years you've been here is you just play so doggone hard, even on both ends of the floor. Is that like a reflection of how your dad played? Probably yes, for sure. Um, I just think it's. If I'm out there, why I'm gonna not give a hundred percent? You know, if I'm if I'm out there, I don't know when I'm gonna have another opportunity. You know, I've been in the position before that I was just sitting on the bench and watching. Uh, so every time I step on the court, I feel like I I I have to give a hundred percent to deserve that that opportunity. When did you know how that 
this was possible, to be one of the 450 best players in the world? I've always believed it. Um, not to the point where I was like, okay, I'm gonna play in the NBA and, and believed it, but I, I, it was always a dream of mine, you know, since I was uh, 12, 13, when I started really competing and watching highlights and watching Steve Nash and Iverson and um, staying up until three in the morning to watch the, the All-Star uh, weekend, you know, and I always wanted to be here. Um, it was a far dream as a kid coming from Brazil, you know, where people only play soccer and even volleyball is bigger than basketball. So, um, but when I start competing with the national team and when I start seeing that I was a uh, um, little better than most of the other kids, uh, that's when I was like, you know what, I can, I can make it. I'm, I'm gonna put everything I have on, on this. I'm gonna better myself. I'm gonna try uh, hard to, to make it and um, Six, seven years later, I was I was getting drafted and uh, going to the Jazz. So um, I've always believed that. I don't remember a time where I, it was like you know I, I switched the flip and say you know what I I'm gonna make it. Mm -hmm. It was just my dream since I was 10, 11. I've covered this league for way too long, and I've had the honor of covering two other Brazilians in Anderson Vadajo and Nene. And they always talk about family, La Familia. They yeah. help them get to this point. And you mentioned like like your dad. Can you talk about kind of the people, the support system that you had that helped you get to this point? Um, yeah, for sure. Family, I think in, in Brazil is always the first thing that uh, if you hear most of the people, they are always going to talk about their family, how they um, build your, I don't know, your character, your person, or your person. So. Um, and we, we need that it's not like basketball it's not that big where you can just by yourself make it happen you know in the states if you don't have the support of your family you're definitely going to have like people in school you're going to have people from outside trying to you know push you and, and tell you you can make it uh, in Brazil if you don't have your family if you don't have your, your close people in your side it's very hard to, to make it by yourself so I think it's a um, like you said, not only for me, but from other Brazilian players, they always gonna uh, uh, talk about their family, how they help them uh, chase their their dream, and I think uh, that happens to me too. You know, I had always my my mom driving me three hours to play a game on a weekend. You know, we had to pay for our own uniforms to 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 play a game. So all those supports, if you don't have your family, if you don't have your people, it's very hard to make. So I was lucky to uh, to have good people around me. Can you talk about the influence of Nene and Anderson and how they were kind of like, you know, pillars of where you could ultimately be if you put the work in? Barry John and Nene, they, I think they opened the gate, you know, for, for Brazilians. Uh, growing up, that's where, who I was looking up for him, uh, Nene Barbosa. Uh, my dad was actually teammate with Barbosa when he was 17, 18 in Brazil. Um, so they definitely open the gate and make us believe that, you know, that's possible. Um, I feel like if you don't have anybody from your country in the league, it's way harder f for you to think you can make it. So definitely uh, not, not only for me, for, but for other players that end up making, I think it was, uh, it was huge. So you've played internationally, you played in Spain, you're from Brazil, and the first place you went to in the States, you were drafted by the Utah Jazz. What was that like? What's kind of like been like your travels playing basketball and, and kind of learning other cultures? Because 
not only do you speak Portuguese, you speak Spanish and also English. It was a big change. Uh, you know, it was already a change going from Brazil to Spain, but I think the culture is similar. Uh, but when I went to, 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 the, to Utah, it was completely different. The weather, the food, the people, the language, everything was was different, but luckily I was a, a little older. Um, when I went to Spain, I was 18. My mom came with me for like three months to kind of get me situated, teach me how to cook a couple <laughs> things, <laughs> so I don't uh, I don't starve myself. Uh, but once I got here, uh, having the support uh, from the league and from the team, uh, which is a lot more than what, what I had in Spain, I think that also helped me get situated. And, and I mean, we always busy with basketball during the season. Right. We always traveling, we always playing, practicing. So I think that got me uh, into a routine where uh, it wasn't such a, a change for me, you know? So uh, I think uh, it, it was hard, but uh, it was worth it. I was in the best league uh, in the world. I was, uh, you know, um, getting my dream done and, and being able to play with the, the stars in this league, it was amazing. And then you go to Philadelphia, which is completely different than Salt Lake City, right? The fans are a little different, right? What was your experience like playing for the Sixers? Um, it was a different year, you know. Uh, the fans are, are definitely a lot more passionate. Uh, I wouldn't say more passionate, but they're more intense. Uh, you know, they uh, they either love you or hate you. It's a, it's a, I'll put it, I'll put it like that. Utah, the fans are great. They're always there. The, the, the arena always packed, um, but they're, super nice you know like don't matter if you're winning if you're losing they're gonna love you no matter what uh so there's not that much pressure in philly um they're more passionate and more intense about uh winning or or losing but you know it was it was great for me we had a great team unfortunately we uh we had covid and then it kind of break our rhythm and then we went to the bubble uh we lost to boston in the first round of the playoffs but uh it was a great experience um playing with some of the guys that I play, you, um, I got still great friendships with some of them. So it was a it was a great experience. That bubble, man, it really doesn't matter which player that I ask about it. They all talk about how that really tested you mentally, because you were literally put in a bubble. Was that the hardest year of basketball you played? I would say so. Um, you know, it's. It's different when you don't play with the fans, uh, the whole situation, not going back home, not seeing your people, you know, it was, uh, it was very tough. Um, we were lucky to be able to do that. We were lucky to be able to finish our season and, and be back at playing basketball. Uh, once you step on the court, I think uh, you get into a flow and, you know, it's always, it's always great. Uh, um, but it was definitely hard um, outside of basketball, you know, going home, going, to the hotel and uh, not being able to, to get to your uh, daily life and your routines and everything, but um, everybody was going through a tough time. Uh, and that's what I tried to think when I was upset or I was, you know, uh, feeling, you know, any kind of way about the bubble. I was like, at least we, we, we have the structure, we have a league that can uh, put this together. So. Um, it wasn't the end of the world. Can you describe to me how how COVID has changed you as a person? Yeah, I think COVID, what it did to me personally was uh, gave me a lot of time to think about uh, life and think about everything else besides basketball. You know, when since I was 16, basketball, it's been all my life. Um, I would go to practice. I would spend all day practicing with uh, uh, my team, with older guys. 
I'll go to Spain. I'm there because of basketball. I'll go back in the summer. I'm playing for the national team. So it's all involved around basketball. And then when you're forced to shut down everything, go home and just sit there for three months not knowing what's going to happen, it, it was a, a moment to, you know, to kind of think uh, what's really worth it, what it's not, uh, what, a, what are the things that you value in, in, in life, you know. Um, so I think for me it was a, it was very awakening of things that we have, things that we do that we that doesn't bring us any happiness. Um, so at that time I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do what's best for me, uh, what's best for my family, what makes me happy, and and kind of like stop thinking about other things that don't really don't really matter, don't really change much. So I think that's what um, the positive things from COVID and what I think he helped me changing to a, to a better person. This is your second season in D.C. And as I look at this roster this year, Howell is very diverse. I mean, people are like all over the place, right? Does this remind you of any other team you've played for? And how would you kind of describe the personality of this team? I feel like every team is, is very different. You know, even when I was with the Jets for four straight years with the same coach, every team we like had a piece that would change the dynamic of the team. And uh, it's the same happened this year. You know, we still have some guys from last year, but the guys that we got new completely changed the dynamic of the team. Like you said, we have guys that can do everything. Uh, and it's been really, really hard to kind of set the roles and say, you know, you do this, you do that, because we have just guys that can do everything. But um, I love playing with everybody here. You know, we all compete. Uh, we've shown uh, the beginning of the year more than now that we can compete with anybody. Uh, we all want to win. We all have the same goal. Uh, it's normal to to have up and downs during the season, um, but we stick together. You know, everybody's still uh, trying to win. We're still a, a, a good mentality. You know, trying to to help each other, and I think that's what that's what make a a, a winning a winning team. Uh, of course, we always have things to improve. We always have uh, ways to get better, and and we we getting there. When you guys started ten and three, were you surprised, or or were you like, well, we're supposed to be ten and three? I wasn't surprised. I think, um, like I say, in this league, it's it's so there's so many games. Um, there's teams that start the year not well, but then they find a way and they have a winning streak that kind of changed the dynamic. That was us last year. We didn't start well, but then when we find our the way to play, um, we made the playoffs when everybody thought we wouldn't make it. Um, and I think uh, surprised a lot of people because the way we were playing the preseason and then how we just kind of changed the way we played during the, the, the first 10, 12 games, I think uh, surprised a lot of people. But we, we knew our, uh, what we were capable of. And, and I think those wins didn't surprise me or anybody on the team. To get the win in Detroit, you're down 14 in the first half, and you're like, uh-oh, here we go again. We've had this issue the last couple of games before that. But to fight back, and kind of like the way you fought back, I mean, Daniel goes down with that sprained ankle. I'm like, he's not coming back, and he comes back. And KCP in that third quarter, I think he scored like the first four buckets, and then Coos doing Coos, corner Coos again. Is that what this team can do is it's just like it just doesn't have to be Brad like it was like a year ago like you were talking about like everybody can do everything but that 
that game in Detroit to me seemed it was like indicative of any one of us can get it going. Even Denny in the first quarter, I think, had 10 points. Yeah, I think that shows the trust we have on everybody. You know, uh, Brad making the right play at the end, and it's not the first time. It happened in other games where, you know, he knows that the defense is going to be on him, and he makes the right play, and he trusts his teammates. Uh, I think that's what our team is about. Uh, like you said, we know we've had games where KCP has been super clutch for us. Uh, Kuz the same way. Brad, we know he's going to do what he does. Uh, so, yeah, I think um, um, having that trust and having that confidence on anybody, on everybody on the team, it's how we are going to uh, be better, you know, because you don't win a championship or you don't win games with just one player. You know, you might if you have a Brad where he's done it before, but it's not something that is going to be consistent. You know, you can only depend on one player, and, and, and he knows that. He told us before he's like you know it's not uh my way or the highway we're here to win i'm gonna make the right play shoot the ball if you're open um and i think that's what the games that we we were winning that's what was happening um we get every everybody playing well we have monsters coming from the bench and just impacting the game like crazy you know so i think it's the the trust that we have on it. everybody the confidence we play i think that's gonna keep us uh on the top Two questions, and I'll get you out of here. One on Mama and one on Papa, all right? You ready? So I saw in the beginning of the year, you were wearing some custom Giannis sneakers. I don't know if you remember this. I came up to you. I was like, bro, those are really nice. Like, where did you get them? And you said your dad designed them. Tell me about that, your dad being kind of like a sneaker artist. Yeah, so I um, I remember last year I, tested, I texted the, the family. We have a family group chat. And I was like, you know, if you guys want to – I customize the shoes for me, I'll, I'll play on them. And then my dad was the first one, literally in two <laughs> minutes, he came with the shoes and he was like, here you go, you got your shoes. He went to the website right away and like put his colors uh, and then sent it to me. So I ordered them and I play with them uh, some games. I think that's the way I can, they can feel part of my, you know, my career, you know, cause they do watch every game. My dad texts me after every game. Sometimes I respond, sometimes I don't. <laughs> depending on how you depending play. Depending on how I play, <laughs> depending on like my mood at the time. But, uh, you know, that's a way that I can get them involved since they can't come to the game. They live in Brazil and I think that's the way they can feel closer to me. And you were saying when you went over to Spain, your mom went with you for the first couple of months and kind of helped you like, like cook. Howl Neto the chef. What do you cook? What is your favorite dish? Um, you know, I got a lot better from that first couple months. You know, my to-go meal was pasta with chicken. That was the, the, the whole thing. I, I knew how to do it. And I got, I got a lot better, and I actually like to cook. I just don't have the time, and I hate cleaning after it. But <laughs> Amen. Uh, exactly. Uh, you know, I always like to kind of put a Brazilian flavor in it, um, make some rice and beans and uh, some steak. Um, and, uh, and I'll say that now I, I might be cooking better than my mom after all those years. And uh, she, she even told me sometimes when they come, I, I'll spend the time to make, uh, you know, some uh, mushrooms with some sauce. And I always kind of like just like playing in the kitchen and, and putting the spices and everything just comes in my head and uh, she knows she knows I, I do better than her <laughs> I lied I got one more question how how are your 
are your foot skills or your are you a good soccer player and then like when did you if you did play soccer when did you say I got to use my hands too man I like this basketball thing um, I started with basketball I mean soccer is kind of part of the culture in Brazil you always gonna play soccer no matter what no matter how good or bad you are you gonna end up playing soccer at one point um, and it's funny because I stopped playing basketball when I was 12 or 13 to play soccer um, I was playing both until then Basketball, like I said, we used to have two, three games a year. My mom would, would have to drive me three hours to, to play a game, and there was not enough competition, a lot of practice, and soccer, you play every weekend. Uh, so I stopped playing basketball. I went to play soccer. Didn't really love it, the like the competition part of it, and I went from playing indoor soccer to play on the field, and it was totally different, and after three three or four months I went back to, to, to basketball and then just stick to basketball. But I was I was pretty good at soccer. Um, I still play sometimes in the summer just for fun, but uh, I was pretty good. Midfielder, defender, what? So when Striker. you play indoor, you don't have a position, you don't really have a position because it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, like handball, you know, gotcha. you just like play around. And then when I went to play on the field, I was middle field. Okay. Um, and they they gave me number ten the first game, and it was a lot of pressure. <laughs> and I, I didn't I didn't do as as good as I thought. Just That's like we're at twenty three in basketball. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and uh, and then after that tournament, I was I was done. I went back to basketball, and luckily I I did. <laughs> there you go, man. Thank you so much thank for your you. time, Hobo. I appreciate it. Yeah, no Respect. problem.